Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Ringside Rundown podcast brought to you by TWM.news. My name is Eric Vasquez and joining me on the line is my podcasting partner in crime. Yes, that rhymes. She is Shay Hickson. Shay, what's going on, my friend? What's going on? Uh, pretty pretty good Sunday. Uh, my Steelers won today. Barely. Yes. Barely, but we did. Um, did the Giants win? I couldn't. Yeah. I didn't see. Yes, they ended up pulling it off uh, on a... On a missed field goal. The Titans missed a field goal. So oh, they kept yeah. the lead. Nice, nice. Yeah, that, that kind of happened a little bit in our game, too. We had a couple of missed field goals and extra points and shenanigans. So, yeah, I'm just a uh, – we both uh, – our team's both won. So, you know what? That's good enough for us. That's a good Sunday in our book's first uh, football Sunday yeah. out of the way. No and complaints, it. but uh, contrary to what you're listening to, this isn't a football podcast. This is a wrestling podcast, and uh, we're here to talk about wrestling, and what a week in wrestling was it, huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like, especially with everything that's been going on for quite a while, especially with AEW, we, we're always mm-hmm. expecting something to happen. Yes, and definitely. It wasn't drama-filled this week that I could remember, but it was, it was a pretty eventful this week. Yes, it was. And for me, it was like a continuation of the weekend that was of wrestling. Besides all the drama, there was tons of great wrestling that weekend. And it kind of carried over into TV. A lot of good wrestling on TV this week. Yeah, yeah. A lot of good uh, a lot of good wrestling, a lot of good storylines. Stuff that we, uh, we come to expect from uh, our wrestling programs. So yeah, definitely couldn't complain this week. Yeah, so we're going to get to it. It's going to be our usual format this week. We're just going to talk about what happened on the shows. Obviously, we have a large mailbag segment where we answer your questions, so I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, I am too. Let's uh, let's do the thing. All right, let's start off with Raw. And uh, Raw was pretty good this week. Another string of uh, good Raw episodes ever since the new regime took over and the new creative direction has taken into effect. Raw is definitely a different show. Yeah, and in a good way too. We've uh, we've had our fair share of uh, struggling covering Raw for Jesus. What feels like almost <laughs> a year at that point, but it's actually nice to get to talk about Raw in a positive light again because I feel like we haven't done it in a very long time. But lately, we we have, and I uh, I'm enjoying it a lot. Yeah, definitely. Well, this Raw was no different. It started off with Edge. Uh, calling out Dominic Mysterio for his actions at Clash at the Castle. Rey Mysterio comes out pleading to handle it himself, but Edge is having none of it. Dominic comes out with Rhea, and then the rest of Judgment Day attack Edge from behind, and Dominic helps take out the knee of Edge. And they kind of, you know, simultaneously gang up on Edge and take out his knee with uh, Finn Balor, ending it with a coup de gras off the top rope into a steel chair into the knee of Edge. Uh, well, this is kind of different because I was looking for, I was looking to see how Edge was going to take this and he's definitely not taking it lightly. And he's even telling Rey Mysterio, look, he's going to have to handle it like a man. Uh, so this is definitely an interesting take on the storyline. Yeah. And it answered my question that I had on Sunday, if he was going to actually join uh judgment day or not. And Dominic did as, uh, guess i should have expected but i i definitely liked when um it's a very interesting kind of angle because it's very especially depending on like what part of uh, the family dynamic you're in you can see Mm -hmm. certain sides of it like 
obviously if you're the parent, you'd see it more from, you know, Ray's side. But if you see it more from like Dom's side, you're like the, probably the kids in the family. So I definitely get it. Um, I like that line Edge had where um, he's like, you know what, if he's old enough to compete, he's old enough to answer for what he did. And it's the truth. Mm-hmm very true something like that was that was really cool um yeah i at first glance you wouldn't think someone like dominic would fit into the judgment day but i feel like if they do it right this could actually work and he was doing a really good job of playing that like emotionalist like not even looking his father in the eye kind of thing Mm -hmm. so i think this uh i think this has some traction to it if they can uh book it properly yeah i think so too that's the interesting thing about the judgment day which is kind of was kind of thrown together and then the curveball when edge was kicked out of the judgment day it felt like it didn't have any direction up until this point now it seems like they solidified themselves as a group they have some sort of direction they have a path to go so i'm interested in what's going to happen in the next coming weeks yeah i agree i'm glad they finally have some sense of direction because i think the whole problem with it was you know vince wanted to make it more supernatural and tripmer and edge didn't want to do that so i'm glad the triple h just let it alone because I think he's more of in the mind of less is more sometimes. Right. And with the judgment day, you really don't need those over the top kind of supernatural, ooky spooky kind of things. You just need those kind of characters with enough motives that can literally turn a son against his own fathers. So I, yeah, I am definitely excited to see what happens with them because this definitely has some legs to it. I think. Yeah, I agree. So we'll see what happens in the next coming weeks, what happens with the Judgment Day Edge. And I think there's going to be a match uh, this coming week on Raw. I I, I believe it's going to be Dominic Mysterio. He is going to be taking on Edge, correct? I believe so, yes. So that'll be interesting. That'll be happening on Raw. I'm liking the fact that Raw hypes up the matches beforehand so you can kind of get a taste of what's going to be coming and you can get excited for it something different that they don't usually do yeah it's nice and it's nice that uh they don't advertise the surprises showing up like we've had in pat in the past so i'm glad that they know what to advertise and what not to to get the uh, proper reaction from the crowd yeah speaking of surprises the next match on the card was a tag team match to figure out the number one contender for the tag team titles, we have the New Day take on Alpha Academy, take on Los Lotharios, and taking on the Street Profits. So we have four teams in there, but this doesn't matter because it gets interrupted by the returning Braun Strowman, who destroys everyone. And to my surprise, got a pretty big reaction from the crowd. What'd you think? Uh, Yeah, he, he definitely got a big reaction. Um. I don't know about you. I was I was not one of them that was like, oh my god, Braun Strowman's back. I just I don't know. I never like hated the guy. I just never really could get into it. I just eh, he he was there. He was okay. It just wasn't like, oh my god, I love him or oh my god, I hate him. It's just like indifferent, I guess. Yeah, totally. I get it. I'm probably the same way. In a way, I just it just found it very interesting how like the internet already knew that he was going to be returning. They already made up their mind. They weren't really feeling it. But you look at the live crowd, and yeah. the live crowd was going bonkers for Braun Strowman. So it's like tale of two different fans. Yeah, and the the problem I had wasn't really the reaction. It was the fact that he destroyed most of the tag team division to do it. And I I don't really like that a whole lot because you might want to bring your uh, tag team division up and build them up instead of having one guy single-handedly destroy most of you. It's yeah, that just didn't sit right with me. So, eh, I don't know. 
Yeah, and then there was no definitive answer to who are the number one contenders for the tag team titles because he nope. just came in there and wrecked everything, and we get no definitive winners, so we don't know what's going to be happening. Exactly, and sometimes that's good, but in this case, no. We we needed to see who the next uh, contenders were, and uh, apparently we're going to have to wait another week or two. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, we had another tag team match. We had Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah, the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, take on Nikki A.S.H. and Dewdrop. And really the only thing to note for me that was kind of out of the ordinary was Raquel was able to get uh, – do drop up for a Tejada bomb, which is no easy feat. No. And that was pretty much pretty much the note of the match for me. What about you? Yeah, that was uh that was definitely impressive. Uh anybody who's paid attention to Raquel Rodriguez knows how strong she is, so it still doesn't make it any less like surprising or just like impressive though that she did that. Um yeah, that's really all I could remember about the match too. It was just kind of a it it was a weird mix of it wasn't very long, but it wasn't a basically a squash match either. So it was just kind of right. there. But at least they're starting to care about the tag team division again, which is fine. Um, and you saw Damage Control backstage watching this match. So maybe Dakota and EO might get some justice served after all. Um, well, I hope. <laughs> yeah, well, they get another shot at the women's tag team titles this coming Monday on Raw. They'll be taking on the champs, uh, Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah will be damage control. So that's a match I know you're looking forward to. Yeah, and you already know who I want to win, so (laughs) (laughs) I won't waste your time. We know who I want to win. Definitely. Um, Also on the card, we had Kevin Owens take on Austin Theory. This was a really competitive match. Owens gets the win after a pop-up powerbomb and a stunner. I was just really impressed how long this match was. They were given a great amount of time to really show what they could do, and it was back and forth. It was really enjoyable. Yeah, and they what that they went through two commercial breaks, which is pretty unheard of. I couldn't really remember the last time I saw a match that lasted that long, and mm-hmm. it wasn't one of those where uh, maybe they didn't really need the second commercial break. Maybe they could have just you know ended it before that. But no, this one actually was really good. Like you said, very competitive, very back and forth. So I think it earned that second commercial break, and uh, yeah, the crowd was uh, very happy that Kevin won, and understandably so. Yeah, and it's very interesting to see Kevin Owens uh, go back into this face role, kind of like an anti-hero. Yeah, I feel like that's like his best, I think that's his best work. I mean, I granted the heel, it's just so easy for him to be the heel, but it's, mm-hmm. I always think it's more impressive for someone who is always known for either being one or the other to be able to play both and mm-hmm. make it believable. I always find that to be the most um, like impressive character work. I agree. I agree. And I'm, I'm more, I kind of feel like he would be a good main event star as a face, you know, someone to, we already seen him go up against uh, Roman Reigns, which he brought up in his promo before the match, but that was 18 months ago. Yeah. So it's kind of time to maybe revisit that. We know how dominant Roman Reigns is going to be finishing out the year as champion, most likely. Mm -hmm. Um, But he always needs different people to take on. And I think they, they could uh, revisit that Kevin Owens rivalry and it still have some legs on it. I'd be perfectly okay with it too, because that feud between him and Roman was really, really good. And their match was really, really good too at the pay-per-view. So yeah, I would love to see it again. Yeah. And then you add the element of Sami Zayn in the bloodline, which we'll talk about later on in the show. Um, But that's a whole new element. Those two have been friends for so long. And to see how that would play out, that would be a really good storyline. 
Yeah, I think that would add, like you said, add some more legs to that feud. Because, I mean, granted, like you said, it was 18 months ago. But now that you have Sammy in there with the bloodline and the fact that, you know, him and Kevin have been friends for how long? Yeah, that would definitely add another uh, interesting wrinkle into that feud. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Next up on the show, we had Damian Priest take on Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio is looking to get revenge on the Judgment Day for what they've been doing to his son, tearing apart his family. He wants revenge. Did he get it? We don't know. Well, Priest would get the win, unfortunately, with the South of Heaven chokeslam, and then the challenge is laid out for next week, Edge versus Dominic Mysterio. So Rey Mysterio was looking for revenge. He didn't get it. He actually get chokeslam and takes the L. But more importantly, like we said earlier, the match is going to be next week. Edge versus Dominic Mysterio. I predict some shenanigans will probably be happening there. Oh, there has to be some because it would be very easy for them to have Edge win. But what would that do for Dominic? He kind of needs it more. So there's going to be some shady shenanigans. And yeah, I think Dom's going to end up picking the win up, which is going to be a massive upset because on paper that would never happen <laughs> let's be let's be real but yeah i think that'll be his uh the big win for his career definitely for sure and then in the main event we had a steel cage match for the united states championship champion bobby lashley was defending the title against the miz it was another back and forth match miz almost had things won via climbing out of the cage but before he could hit the floor dexter loomis <laughs> was waiting for him and we all know how much dexter loomis has been tormenting the miz yeah. so the miz was spooked uh and this allowed uh lashley to hear, hit a spear and get the win to retain the u.s championship and then raw ends with loomis putting miz in a head and arm capture chokehold so <laughs> i'm i don't know where they're going with this dexter loomis storyline but i'm definitely intrigued yeah i'm wondering if they're gonna do kind of what they did in nxt with you know, like kidnapping theory. And it was, no, it wasn't a kidnapping. It was just, you know, we just had a good time or whatever. And <laughs> yeah, like a sleepover. Yeah. It was just a sleepover between friends. What can you say? Um, Yeah. Seeing that Jeff Dexter Loomis, or even just that image of him, like laying on the ground, the floor under the <laughs> ring, that, that was so funny to see over and over again. They've the internet's already made it into meme fuel at this point, but yeah, it was, it was funny because you could, that, cage match was you knew what was going to happen it was just the way it, everything was playing out you knew what was going to mm-hmm. happen but that was still found a way to be fun and yeah i'm kind of i'm interested to see what happens with the whole loomis thing because there's some in, there's some intrigue there as well because he's a very it's <laughs> a very complex kind of guy for someone who says nothing like literally nothing um and he's he's a pretty good wrestler too yeah, he is. So once you get him into the wrestling ring too, on top of all the stuff he's been doing with the Miz, I think uh, I think they may have something there. Yeah, I think so too. And it's interesting they're bringing in all these people from NXT, Triple H kind of people mm-hmm. that were that were let go to. And I, Dexter Loomis was a name I was not expecting, but it's one of those things that you know it's kind of refreshing to see on the main roster. Yeah, it's uh, something we've been screaming for for so some time now, and it's nice to finally see our um, patience, I guess, you know, paid off. It's, yeah, just when we thought yeah. we didn't have any, we, we finally got rewarded. Yeah, well, speaking of NXT, let's go over to Tuesday nights and talk about NXT 2.0. They're going into a little bit of a transition period where they're incorporating NXT UK, which has been... Uh, 
dissolved, I guess you could say, because they're prepping for NXT Europe, which is going to be something pretty big and special. NXT Europe might be something we want to keep up with this time around. Yeah, I agree. I feel like it was it was very tough uh, trying to keep up with NXT UK. I think more or less because of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully the time is not an issue this time. I feel like it might be, though. But unless they pre-tape stuff, which would be I think would be pretty smart. But uh, yeah, I think we should because I feel like we missed out on a lot. Yeah, definitely. Well, speaking of NXT UK, Tyler Bate kicks off the show and he gets interrupted by Gallus, who said Bate let the entire UK down for losing to Braun Breaker at Worlds Collide. Big gets jumped by Gallus, but Braun Breaker comes out to make the save. So uh, later on in the evening, we're going to be getting a tag match between Gallus and Braun Breaker and Tyler Bate. They're going to be teaming up to take on those gentlemen, uh, the Coffee Brothers of the Gallus faction. So we'll see how that goes later on in the show. Uh, the first matchup of the night was Toxic Attraction versus Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H. And I gotta say, I enjoyed this match. Add a lot of back and forth action, and Dewdrop squashes Gigi Dolan for the win. So looks like they're trying to build up uh, Nikki A.S.H. and Dewdrop in NXT. Yeah, and I like that they're doing that thing that we talked about a while ago, where you kind of intermingle the rosters together because mm-hmm. it can only do nothing but help them. I mean, if they, at the very least, it's just, okay, they were there, whatever. It doesn't really hurt them. If you put them on there and it intrigues fans enough, oh, well, if the announce team says they're always on Raw or SmackDown, you'd be more inclined to tune in if you see them on NXT or vice versa. So I like when they mix the rosters in a little bit because I think, I said, it just benefits both brands and all the brands in general because you want to tune in then, especially if it's something good. It gives you a reason to tune in the other day the show's on. Yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised how competitive uh, this match was because we usually don't get to see Nikki A.S.H. and Dewdrop in competitive matches. Toxic Attraction is building themselves up. I think pretty soon we're going to see them on the main roster completely. Mm-hmm. I think once Mandy Rose, uh, because Mandy Rose is the centerpiece of Toxic Attraction. Yeah. So I think once, once uh, they figure out a way to get her to transition to the main roster without the NXT Women's Championship, then uh, then they can get up to the main roster, and I think they would make a big splash. Oh, I think so, too, and I feel like there would be plenty of uh, potential storylines up there. I mean, you have the tag division now with the women, so for Gigi Dolan, J.C. Jane, but then the first thing that comes to my mind is something with Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Ah, oh, yes, because they're very, very good friends outside of the ring. Yeah. Um, and, and before... before uh Mandy Rose's transition to NXT we were supposed to get that that match at SummerSlam I believe a couple years ago yeah yeah and it was just terrible timing with you know the the uh, legal problems with uh Sonya and that uh that incident that mm-hmm. happened at the same yeah. time which was a shame because that honestly that was a really good feud in the like pandemic era of wrestling that was something that was really enjoyable um do I think Sonya would have made it out of there the winner no um i think obviously it was building up towards something else but i would like to see them revisit that because we never got closure there yeah that'd be pretty neat i can't wait to see what they do there now you got me intrigued to see a toxic attraction main roster run yeah see i i try my best what can i say and then next up on the show we had jd mcdonough take on wesley this was a really fun match between two guys i felt were pretty even even in size and even in technicality that was 
uh, Wesley showing off his quickness, where J.D. McDonough was showing off his technical prowess. So I thought this was a really good match. And J.D. McDonough picks up the win with his ripcord backdrop driver. Which So I thought this was a really good match. I'm intrigued by J.D. McDonough. They kind of make him... I don't know if you've ever seen the movie American Psycho with Christian Bale. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I, I kind of feel like they're trying to make him the wrestling version of that. They're making him <laughs> sort of a sadistic person who likes to take apart his uh, opponents limb by limb. Next thing you know, he's going to start putting, like, plastic wrap on and <laughs> grabbing the axe and, you know, playing some music. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can definitely see that. But I was surprised at how competitive this match actually was because on paper... You're just like, okay, yeah, McDonough's going to absolutely run over Wesley. And that's no knock on Wesley. It's just when you have somebody like J.D. McDonough, you kind of don't expect it to be a competitive matchup. And it really was. But it was one of those where you knew Wesley was never going to win, but you were still entertained, which I think that's always like the best. Um, Instead of it being a glorified squash match, it was just uh, a nice competitive match. It was a nice change of pace. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. It was a nice change of pace. And I'm wondering what they're going to be doing with Wesley because he definitely can't keep taking L's like this. And, you know, they keep bringing up the fact that he's without a tag team partner and he had to relinquish the titles and he's kind of been in a down year and he continues to lose. So hopefully his fortunes turn around. Yeah, I hope so, too, because somebody like him could, you know, have a big role in the division. It would just be a shame that he would be the one that would keep taking losses. So, be nice to see him get a win here and there. Yeah, definitely. Another match that I really, really enjoyed on the show was Roxanne Perez versus Mako Satamora. Uh, it was a really competitive match, and Roxanne showed that she had a lot of heart uh, going into this match. It was one of those matches that you couldn't see Roxanne beating the final boss, Mako Satamora. But, man, yeah. she showed that she is a great underdog, and she pulled off a lot of neat spots to get you in her corner. Uh, unfortunately, she didn't get the win that night. Mako Satamora gets the win with the Scorpio Rising Kick. And then Cora Jade ruins a nice moment between Mako Satamora and Roxanne Perez where they were showing each other mutual respect. Cora Jade comes in and attacks Roxanne Perez with that kendo stick. But uh, as far as the match goes, I really enjoyed the match. What about you? Yeah, it was. Um, I think it was one of those where you had a star-making moment even though you lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because... yeah. To have someone like Miko Satamora and you stand toe-to-toe with her and look good in the process, that was pretty much all you could have asked for for Roxanne mm-hmm. was to go into somebody... like Again, we don't call Miko Satamora the final boss for nothing. She is one of the most feared and intimidated women's wrestlers on the planet and just imposing in her presence in the ring and out of it. So to go toe-to-toe with her... And almost win. That's uh, that's pretty impressive for someone who's oh twenty years old. <laughs> like, yeah, like, she's very young. She's got a lot to go. That's the thing. She's not even. She hasn't even touched her prime yet. No, and and so you have that, but then you also still have her feud with the uh, Core J. They're still not done yet either. There's still a lot to do with that feud, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to see that again. But yeah, that match was really really enjoyable, and I would love to see them go at it again and i think we will we'll see that eventually i think so too i think so too um but yeah like you said the core jade and roxanne perez feud is picking up steam eventually it's going to come to a head and it's really good to see two very young competitors kind of figure it out because they could be so young that it kind of hasn't clicked yet but they are 
clicking on all cylinders. Like you said, she's had the match with Mako Satomura and there were no there was no clunkiness, nope. no awkwardness, no missteps or anything. She looked like she belonged in there in that ring. Exactly. And it is it still just blows your mind for two women that young to just look that comfortable in the ring. It's uh it's something impressive to say the least. Definitely for sure. Uh, next up, Ricochet got the win over Trick Williams with the Shooting Star Press. And then we get the match one in a best of three series between Nathan Frazier and Axiom. I'm still confused as to why they would put a mask on a kid. I think I'm going <laughs> to yell about that for the rest of my life. Uh, yeah. But this was a good mix of high flying and technical wrestling. Axiom gets the win uh, with the jumping single leg kick to the sternum. But remember, this is a best of three series, so I predict that Nathan Frazier is going to pick up the next win, taking it to the third and decisive match, and they'll have a barn burner. But again, why put a, ma- a mask <laughs> on a kid? I don't know. <laughs> so that's going to be one of those things that bothers you forever. It's going to bother me forever because it makes no sense. No, it it really doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't. But no, that match was really good, and we knew how we know how these best of three falls goes, or those best of three series. We know that it's going to come down to the third one because very rarely do we ever see someone just clean sweep the competitor. So we'll be seeing three, and uh, I think we'll be better off for it. Definitely for sure. And then in the main event, we had Gallus take on Tyler Bate and Braun Baker. This is a pretty fun match to me. Uh, Bate gets the win for his team with the Tyler Driver 97 after the match. JD McDonough comes out of nowhere and attacks Tyler Bate for some reason. Uh, what'd you think of the main event match? I thought it was pretty good. I think Braun Breaker and Tyler Bate had some really good chemistry as a team. Um, I don't think they're obviously going to be a tag team anytime soon, but it was nice to see them working together. Um, feel kind of bad for Gallus though, because they lost a lot recently. Yeah. So hopefully that's not going to be kind of like the whole thing with Wesley, a pattern, because I feel like you could have Gallus be a big deal in the division. But um, yeah, other than that, it was, uh, I'd say a pretty good main event. I agree, I agree. And actually, this was one mad, uh, one NXT episode that I'm glad I picked up on yeah. because I've been kind of sour, we all know, on the NXT uh, product. But for the past couple of weeks, they've been doing pretty good. Worlds Collide was a great show, and this was a great episode of NXT. So I'm intrigued to see what they do uh, this coming Tuesday. Exactly. It's nice to get back into NXT a little bit. Obviously, I don't think we're fully at you know, black and yellow brand NXT levels of excitement yet, but mm-hmm. it's better than what it used to be. Yeah, definitely. I think everything's kind of fleshed out and more digestible, I guess you could say. Yeah, not here's a new character that you've never heard before. Here's a new character you've never heard before. It's actually more, you know, wrestling based again. Who would have thought? Yeah, definitely, definitely. We're going to stay with WWE and we're going to go all the way over to Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, this was a great show for SmackDown. I really enjoyed it, and I got my I got my early Christmas gift. I said yeah. after after Sheamus and Gunther at Clash at the Castle, I said I needed to see brawling brutes versus Imperium, and we get that right off the bat here on SmackDown. And to me, this was a pay per view level match. Uh, Ridge Holland gets hit with the Imperial Bomb, and Imperium wins. Uh, but the match itself was phenomenal. I thought it was a pay per view level match. What'd you think? I know. I'm surprised we got this match as soon as we did because we said it clashed at the castle. We expected this to be on a pay-per-view, not literally the next week on SmackDown. But my goodness, this is a great start to that show. Wow. that uh, They just, again, beat the snot out of each other. The crowd was super into it. Um, And you know what? I'm glad Imperium got the win because I think now that they're Imperium again and not 
I don't remember what they were before. They weren't even a thing anymore, but you need Imperium to get that establishing win because Mm -hmm. obviously the Brawling Brutes are going to be there. It's not a big deal. And we're going to clearly see more of this feud. So yeah, Imperium scoring the win was uh, definitely the way to go. And I, uh, I would like to see more because this is going to be insane. And if we're going to see this as an extreme rules match, I'm a little nervous maybe because the wrestling is so good and the brutality is just so good that you almost don't need weapons. But for all we know, the weapons might even make it even better. You never know. Either way, I'm intrigued. I I am into, I I knew once I saw that they had the brawl set up at Clash at the Castle before the match even started between Sheamus and Gunther, I said, this will be an excellent uh, six-man tag match. And like you said, we got a little early Christmas gift and we got it on TV the next uh, week right after. So pretty cool of uh, WWE to do that. Right. And we'll, we're just going to be selfish and ask for it again because yeah, how could you not? Yeah. Run it back and do it again. I would definitely enjoy to see it one more time. Uh, so no problems with me there. Run it no. back and do it again. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Next up, we have Solo Sokoa's introduction into the bloodline, but it is interrupted by Drew McIntyre. First, what do you think of Solo Sokoa's introduction into the bloodline now that he's there with his brothers? They added more muscle to the faction and make it even bigger than it already was. Yeah, and they did a good job explaining who he was because they could have just thrown him in there and been like, well, yeah, he looks like them, so of course they're related. (laughs) So it's like it was good that they... believe it or not you know introduced him properly and said this is who he is this is what he did in nxt this is you know and had him cut a promo to you know introduce himself to the wwe universe so i thought it was done really well and yeah it was um it was good and i think you knew it was going to happen eventually and i guess now is just the right time to do it i know a lot of people were just um upset at the ending of clash at the castle and i think that kind of overshadowed the fact that now you just made the bloodline even stronger mm-hmm. and have once again found a way to take something that we always get worried is going to just become stale with people and find a way to just breathe new life into it. Even yes. if it's just little things and they're just still finding ways to make it interesting. And it is just, uh, it is just impressive to see them doing this for literally years at this point. I agree. I agree. And then, like I said, Drew McIntyre comes out. He interrupts the whole thing with the steel chair. He goes to attack Solo Sokoa with the steel chair, but Sami Zayn gets in the way and bites the bullet for Solo Sokoa. I think they're setting something up in the long term with Sami Zayn constantly taking the bullet for bloodline members and things like that. He's going to bring that back up one day when he feels disrespected by by the bloodline and this is going to turn Sami Zayn. I'm I'm still banking on that. It's still a while away, but I feel like seeds are being planted. Yeah, and I think what they were kind of doing with Kevin might have something to do with it as well where he's mm-hmm. going to just keep being like, "Dude, I'm telling you, they don't they don't care. There's look at you. How many times have you taken a bullet for him and you get what? Nothing in return." So, I could see them playing into that a little bit, but yeah, it's only a matter of time because the crowd just loves Sammy at this point and just the things he says and the things he does is just, you can't help but laugh. <laughs> he can't, he's just entertaining. So yeah, it's only a matter of time before they turn him and it's, it, it writes itself. The bloodline just, you know, dumps him like trash and then, you know, everyone gets sympathy for Sammy and then there you go. It's not that difficult. 
I like it. I like it. I can't wait to see how they play it out. But I feel like that's what's going to happen. Eventually, we're going to see Sami Zayn understand that he's just a pawn for the bloodline. Exactly. All right. And then moving on, we had Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah take on Toxic Attraction from NXT. Uh, It's cool to see Toxic Attraction on uh, on SmackDown, they did a great job keeping Aaliyah away from Raquel. But once she gets the hot tag, she cleans house, and Rodriguez hits the Tejada bond on JC Jane and gets the win for her team. But like I said, it's pretty cool that they brought in Toxic Attraction from NXT. That's why I think in the coming weeks, whatever happens to Mandy Rose, we'll see Toxic Attraction on the main roster, and they'll be making a big splash. Yeah, I think it's very interesting that they ended up just coming back to lose, but I think... We were supposed to see this match in the tournament, and we just didn't because of injuries. So maybe that was just kind of a thing where, see, this is this would have been the outcome regardless if she wasn't hurt or not. That this still would have ended up happening. So I'm okay with that. Um, I am very surprised. We saw two two times this week. We saw the tag champs on a show. Who would have thought? actually wrestling, actually showing the belts off, not, you know, hiding in the back because they have nothing for them. It's it's nice, but uh, I'm still dead set on Dakota and Io winning those titles. They just I, does not seem like Raquel and, you know, Aaliyah are going to have a long reign. They're just kind of transitional, I guess. Yeah, I, I think... I don't know why they even put the belts on Raquel and Aaliyah in the first place. I don't know who made the call, unless this was a part of the whole grand scheme of things but it's just it's just so interesting but like you said it is a good thing like you said we do get to see the tag team titles a lot more often than we usually do um so i think that's a good thing but i'm banking on uh damage control to pick up the win this monday on raw and take those tag team titles yeah i'm feeling like maybe they just didn't want the titles mixed in with the six woman tag match at Clash of the Casual, maybe that's all I can really think of. Mm, okay. If they if they win on Monday, I feel like that's pretty much the only explanation they have because you literally could have done this a few weeks ago and you didn't. And now that Clash of the Castle is over, you're you might have them win them. So am I going to be mad that I didn't get to see them? Yes, but <laughs> as long as they have those titles, hopefully by Monday night, I will uh I will uh let it slide. <laughs> well, I did see you picked up that piece from Rob Schamberger, that Dakota Kai piece. Yeah. That, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was um that was one of those where I saw the print, like the original like print of the painting that um uh-huh. he was selling. I'm like, yeah, I'll get that because I'm just hanging up in my apartment or wherever. I'm kind of in the like phase of trying to put art on my wall so they don't look completely, you know, bare. <laughs> And I was kind of looking at some of his other stuff and noticed the painting was actually there. And I'm like, hmm, I have the Shana one, so I might as well get the Dakota one. And so I did. And now I just need to frame it and then uh, figure out where to put it. But yeah, I, uh, I definitely love Chamberger's work. He has some really, really awesome stuff. Um, no plug or anything. We just say go check him out because he yeah, has some def- cool stuff. Definitely a very talented dude. Uh, but back to the action on SmackDown, we had a fatal five-way elimination match to determine the number one contender for the SmackDown Women's Champion, Liv Morgan. 
Uh, and it came down to Sonia Deville and Ronda Rousey, which I thought was really, really cool to have two people uh, from MMA backgrounds uh, take on each other. I know Sonia Deville has been clamoring for this match to happen. Yeah. So she got a wish. She got her, her chance to put her hair up and square up against Ronda Rousey. Unfortunately, it didn't go her way. She ended up tapping out to Ronda Rousey's ankle lock. Uh, and now Ronda Rousey will face Liv Morgan at Extreme Rules, which we figured was going to happen anyway. Yeah, um, it was one of those where you just kind of looked at the competitors in the match and you went, yeah, this is kind of obvious. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the match itself wasn't terrible. It wasn't bad. It was just, you know, again, it was. I think it was one of those kind of situations where you knew what was going to happen. So it was just kind of like, yeah, okay, Ronda was going to just not really run everybody over but it was just you knew she was gonna win like it was just obvious because storyline wise she never got her rematch against Liv and now we might most likely see them at extreme rules and if that's gonna be an extreme rules match can't have any stupid referee mistakes now there's nowhere to hide yeah that's true and I don't I'm sure you caught it too I thought it was very interesting that little um backstage segment they had with Ronda and Shayna. Yeah, I feel like they're gearing up for something with those mm-hmm. two, whether to be in cohesive units with each other or to go against each other. I can't tell just yet, but there mm-hmm. is something that's being planted there. Yeah, and I'm thinking I'm thinking it's going to go one of two ways because clearly they want um Ronda to be like the face. They want her to be the good guy, whatever. So Clearly, like you said, they're setting up something for Rhonda to say something like, you know, whenever she's ready to, you know, break bones and be the killer again, let her know. I feel like one of two things is either going to happen. Either Shayna's going to help Rhonda win the title at Extreme Rules inevitably and then turn on her eventually because she'll be like, well, you wanted me to be the killer. Well, here you go. I, you just you didn't say you couldn't do it against me or I couldn't do it against you. Or um, she takes out Rhonda just flat out. Because, I mean, I wouldn't be as opposed to a team between those two. Because, I mean, come on. That's a very imposing team right there, Shane and Rhonda. That would be mm-hmm. interesting. And then that always has that tease for Shayna kind of gets tired of being supposedly riding Rhonda's coattails and just turns on her. Because you can't really see Shayna being the a good guy at the very least maybe like anti-hero kind of thing like kevin owens but she would definitely be the one turning on ronda in that kind of situation so i think i'm gonna lean more towards she's gonna turn on ronda um i'm not entirely sure how but i just feel like ronda's still poking Shane about oh well you're you know you're just gone soft you can't you're not a killer anymore she might be the one uh, that Shayna makes an example out of, and uh, I'd be perfectly okay with it because I've been wanting to see a Ronda and Shayna feud for a while. Because again, the story writes itself. I agree. I'm I'm more intrigued to see a feud between those two. Um, I wouldn't be like you said. I wouldn't be opposed to a team, but I think there's more intriguing uh, plot to put them against each other. But uh, it could be a thing where Shane is kind of jealous because mm-hmm. Ronda gets another shot at the title and maybe she takes the title off of Liv. And yeah. 
you know, Shayna only got one shot and she didn't get the win at Clash of the Castle. Mm -hmm. So she's kind of taking her frustrations out on Ronda. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah, I feel like jealousy might have something to do with it or just mm -hmm. maybe just being flat out insulted that your best friend thinks you're gone soft. I'd be a little, you know, insulted. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I would be perfectly okay with that. Um, yeah, being a team, as long as it would end with Shayna turning on Ronda, I'd be perfectly fine with it. Um, yeah, and maybe if... Ronda does be live for the title. Maybe that's how Shayna wins the title off Ronda. That'd be a big deal. If you want to reestablish Shayna to some people that, you know, are still kind of on the fence with her, she beats someone like Ronda. That's a big deal. Yeah, definitely. For sure. That would be a big deal. That would put her in the stratosphere. That would make her legit, I guess you could say. Exactly. I mean, to some people, because, you know, some of us already know how legit she is. The other <laughs> some other people just need to catch up, but yeah, you'll see what happens. <laughs> also on the show, we had the Maximum Male Models and Los Lotharios take on Hit Row and Street Profits. This one wasn't really much to know. Uh, Hit Row pick up the win for their team, hitting the heavy hitter on Mansoa. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the Maximum Male Models. There have been some clamoring of, because of a promo that possibly LA Knight will be coming back instead of Max Dupree. Yeah. Uh, so I will definitely welcome that with open arms. I would be perfectly okay with that because I'm in the same boat. The <laughs> male models don't do anything for me because, you know, why would they? But also it's just, yeah, it's kind of there. It's just kind of like, you know, the comedy act kind of thing. But uh, yeah, the, honestly, the crowd was into it though. That match, yeah, they it, were. It, it wasn't bad. It wasn't, it wasn't, it just, I felt like we saw so much of these multi-person matches that they kind of got lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Yeah. But it was still pretty good. It was still pretty good. Uh, Braun Strowman destroyed the Alpha Academy for a second time this week on SmackDown. So everybody got to see Braun Strowman again. And like I said, the first time the crowd was really hot for it. Um, like I said, people on the internet might've been like, oh, Braun Strowman and let out a groan, but the crowd seemed to really enjoy his presence and he got a new entrance theme. Yeah, it's like you said earlier, it's very weird how the live crowds are happy he's back, but then the internet's like, eh, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like I'd be leaning more towards the no thank you camp because again, I'm not, you know, losing my mind every time his music hits. It's just like, yeah, okay, you're there. It's it's, it's fine, I guess. Yeah, and then in the main event, we had Solo Sokoa in his main roster debut match against Drew McIntyre. This was a hard-hitting affair. The only thing is, it didn't have an ending thanks to Karrion Cross coming out of nowhere and choking out McIntyre with the cross jacket. Um, this I was at first confused by because it happened out of nowhere, but then I was like, I kind of enjoyed this because it left a kind of cliffhanger yeah. ending to SmackDown. Gives yeah. you more of intrigue to tune in next week. Yeah, because they're going to say, oh, well, Drew's going to be really pissed now because not only has he had to deal with the bloodline, but now he has to deal with Karrion and Scarlet too. And he's certainly not going to be happy. He got, you know, put to sleep. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I got to tune in to see how uh, how he'll try to handle that and if Karrion will get his hands on him again. And, yeah, so maybe they're not doing Karrion and Roman right away. They might be, you know, waiting for that a little bit. I wouldn't. Be a, I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to that because I feel like if Karrion Lee goes after all these other people like Drew and you know whoever else 
Roman might kind of be lulled into that false sense of security of, ah, he's too busy, you know, putting all these people to sleep. You don't have to worry about me. But then when he does put his focus on him, it's like, oh shit, now I have to actually deal with you. And I think it'll be a pretty uh, fun feud if we ever see it. I agree. I think, uh, I think this is the smart way to go about it. Because it could get convoluted a little bit with when you have three people like Roman, Drew, and Karrion Cross. So I think solidifying that they're going to go the route of Karrion Cross versus Drew McIntyre makes a lot of sense. Plus, Roman's kind of, I don't want to say part-time champion, but he's not wrestling on all the shows. He's not going to no. be on all the pay-per-views. So he can't always be the main focus of, of the build-up to things. So I think this is an interesting way to make a contender out of someone to go against Roman Reigns, but this is also interesting because it sets up a storyline underneath Roman Reigns that people can get into. Yeah, and I love the the way Triple H is presenting Karrion and Scarlet. It's like he never left NXT. It's right. those even those promos are black and white. It's those that imagery and even at the end of the show, when he showed up, the screen went black and white and then as the show ended, the just the screen just faded to black. Like, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Exactly. And when have you seen that in a very long time? You, it's hard to tell if we've ever even seen that in God knows years, probably. Mm-hmm. That is how you know. That's how you make someone feel special. And when you give him his entrance back with Scarlet, that's one of the coolest entrances, I think, still. Even to this day, it's still one of the coolest entrances they have. So I'm glad that they still continue that trend of knowing when you can take somebody who could easily just be like every other heel and make them just special and Karrion and Scarlet as a package are special. I agree. I agree. I I don't know why they didn't utilize the two in his first go around on the main roster. Um, it just didn't make sense not to, but I'm glad we got to this point where now we get to see both the package deal and the package deal. The presentation just elevates him, you know, elevates him to to the main event status out of nowhere out of nowhere he comes right back and he's a main event contender and you can't complain exactly and you can't be like well why would he do that because it was just this that the other thing whatever it's like no he he proved why he belonged in the main event spot within minutes of coming back so yeah i'm, I'm excited to see where they go with them and i'm very glad that they finally see what vince missed because God, they were, they dropped the ball on them badly. Yeah, I think so too. But luckily they're back. They're in the fold, which is great to see. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is a recap of WWE programming this week with Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. So we go to the other side of the wrestling world with All Elite Wrestling, or should we call it All Elite Drama? (laughs) Days of our... All wrestling lives. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, um, to to get the to get the big stuff out of the way, it looks like the Young Bucks and CM Punk um, are suspended and stripped of their titles. We don't know the length of their suspension. I don't know. Did you read anything in terms of how long they will be suspended? Um, I didn't hear length, but I would assume if you're um, let's put it this way, you. If you have been doing the like interim titles for a while, and in this instance you just strip them, I mm-hmm. think it might be for a little while because they could have easily just done. Oh, here's the interim trios titles, but then again, that would also 
make people it would also remind people of who the actual champions are and clearly they want uh, they wanted yeah. nothing to do with any of them because you didn't even hear a single word about them nothing that was alluded to them it was like they never were hired by the company no they, 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 they even wiped them out of the video intro of the show yeah yeah they redid everything and i don't know if you heard but then as if this wasn't crazy enough apparently punk tore his what was it rotator Tri- triceps tricep yeah so he's probably out six to eight months and then i think they said christian cage same thing so that would explain wow. that really weird booking of the match it all out. So that makes sense now, but yeah. So but for all we know, punk might not even be with AW within six to eight months. Who knows? Cause it just seems like obviously speculation and we've only seen stuff on the internet and you never know what, you know, what to believe and what not to believe. But it seems like the reason no one's really talking is because legal problems and if the the lawyers get involved you're not talking right yeah i think that's the main gist of it is why is nobody talking and why they weren't mentioned on the show is because of legal issues yeah i would not want to mess with the with the lawyers so yeah i would uh i would keep my mouth shut as well yeah uh this is just all a strange situation because it was it was brought on by the press conference but punk's comments to me to this day are still shocking because they were they were how do i say it they weren't brought on by anything he was just like uh, oh you're yeah. are, you're friends with cole cabana oh you're not friends with him well here's what i think about cole cabana anyway boom 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 yeah. boom might as well say f hangman page f the young bucks f the penguins f the penguins i work with children he just sounded like a bitter old man yeah, and unwarranted. I think that's the unprovoked. I think that might be the the word unprovoked because, like you said, no one asked him. <laughs> no Nobody one asked. asked him, and it was almost that. Just kind of gives off the impression of he was going in there looking to cause a problem. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you wouldn't just say that for literally no reason unless you wanted to. And he has a reputation for just saying things that uh, he just wants to say. And yeah, it uh. We're still going to be talking about this for quite a while. It's just insane. I think so, too. And then you, you read things online. Like, I, I read this story that the Young Bucks have sent out feelers to WWE when their contract mm. is up to maybe go to WWE. Yeah. yeah. I just, it just gets crazier and crazier by the moment. Yeah, and you don't even know what to believe anymore because... Some people said that, you know, Kenny and the Young Bucks kicked down Punk's door. or And then other people were like, no, they actually didn't. It was just a metaphor for they aggressively walked into the room. It's just like, okay, you're never going to know the full... You're never going to know the true side of it. Right, right. To be a fly on the wall of that whole deal oh. would be amazing at this point. Honestly, we need to... Maybe we need to go in and, like, bug one of the, like, locker rooms or something just to see what happens. Yeah, so uh, if you haven't heard... Uh, again, the Young Bucks and CM Punk have been stripped of the titles. That night, they had a match between Death Triangle and Best Friends to determine the new uh, trios champion. Again, not the interim trios champion. They wanted to cut those guys off, wanted nothing to do with them for the time being. So we're getting completely new champions. Not only that, but there'll be a tournament to crown the new AEW World Heavyweight Champion. And that'll culminate at AEW Dynamite Grand Slam in queens new york 
So that mm-hmm. brings you up to that. That comes out MJF. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to talk about MJF after his shocking reemergence at All Out. He comes out and starts cutting almost like a baby face promo. And I'm thinking, oh, man, uh-huh. he's really going really to do this, isn't he? Yeah. He's wearing a Bills jersey. But that uh, I put in my notes, MJ, MJF out cutting a baby face promo. Wait, just kidding. No, yeah. he's not. Yeah. <laughs> in typical MJF fashion, he just goes for the low-hanging fruit, trashes the, the football team, trashes yeah. the people of the city of Buffalo, a whole big mess uh it was just intense what'd you think about it it was anybody who knows mjf at this point was sitting there watching that like first part of that promo going all right this isn't gonna last long because (laughs) like come on and again like like we say you you just had to go for oh your your insert football team here sucks your insert sports team here sucks insert cities here citizens are dumb and stupid and out of shape or whatever it's like what a shock <laughs> like we're that's <laughs> that's the MJF everybody's missed yeah sure whatever um he, I will admit he did actually make that one reference to Punk where he's like you know John I don't know if you're a little woozy because you went to sleep on Sunday so I that was like the one and only allude to CM Punk in this entire show, but God, he brought up a lot of names that you didn't think you'd ever hear on a dynamite. <laughs> yeah. He brought up Cody Rhodes. He brought up John Cena. He brought up triple H. Oh man. Nick Khan re- too. He's really milking that whole, I'm going to leave to go to WWE thing. Yeah. And I feel like he's kind of it's kind of a genius thing that he's doing because if you want to stay the like biggest heel in wrestling or whatever you're gonna piss off one of these fan bases immensely because (laughs) you're gonna talk a big game about both of them and if you go with one and not the other the other one's fan base is going to hate your guts Mm -hmm. which is the point but yeah it's just yeah i mean we still got another two years to talk about this so we'll uh we'll see what happens but it's it's gonna be um it's gonna be interesting and probably one of the longest running storylines that aw's had clearly because uh yeah you'd some it's one of those where you can't tell if he's being truthful or if he's just you know playing it up but it makes you want to win no i didn't uh i didn't Rewatch Dynamite. I only saw it the one time, but I do remember uh, someone else cutting a promo that was really, really good, uh, and that was John Moxley. Was it around this time with MJF coming out or no? Yeah, they were. Moxley wanted to fight him because he's like, "Look, I am not in the mood, basically, to deal with your shit. So let's just fight." And you know, MJF being MJF ran away because why right. wouldn't he? And but, then but- Punk, and then Moxley cut the promo. Moxley cut one hell of a promo calling himself the ace of AEW and he made you believe that he was the ace of AEW. Once again, passion equals interest on the fan side, so you could not help but just be like going along with him and being like, yeah, you know what? Damn right you are, Mox. It was, yeah, that was one of those like goosebump kind of promos and those were... That's when I kind of got the feeling that this episode of Dynamite was going to be more like the good old days where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, this is what we were used to, you know, a few years ago, not lately. And yeah, I was definitely not wrong in that sentiment because I don't know about you. It really felt like this Dynamite was like Dynamite from 2019 all over again. 
Yeah, it felt it felt like a different. Di- I felt like they had to because they yeah. had no choice. They were kind of backed into a wall with the whole situation with the suspensions yep. and the big situation with the with the press conference going awry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it kind of they kind of had to go back to basics, take it easy. Maybe this was them taking it easy, you know? Yeah, maybe because kind of back themselves into the corner. So, like you said, they kind of had no choice but to pull a show like this out, and they did. Yeah, definitely. Well, like I said earlier, we needed to figure out who were going to be the new trio's championship uh, champions, so we had a match between Death Triangle and Best Friends. This was a really good match. I enjoyed it. What say you? Oh, yeah. It was, it was really good, which you come to expect because we've seen these six men have really good chemistry with each other for years now. Mm-hmm. That being said, though, can they just not give Best Friends and Orange, like, their props? They don't want to give them their flowers. They really don't, because when they said, oh, this is this match is going to be for the trio's titles, I, I couldn't help but think to myself, that was my own fault. I'm like, finally, <laughs> this is finally when they're going to give them the titles, because they've been one of the most popular acts in AEW since the start. Mm-hmm. They just love them. The like, and then you added Stat and Danhausen into it, and it's even funnier, and it's just hilarious and just entertaining, but they can still go in the ring. That's the thing. It's like Danhausen, too. Yeah, he acts like a total goofball outside the ring and even in it, but he can still wrestle and wrestle really well. So why, why couldn't they have just given them the titles this time? Like, my God, it always seems like they're always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Yeah, I guess you could say it that way. Death Triangle will get the win with Pack hitting the Black Arrow on Chuck Taylor. Uh, I'm fine with Death Triangle holding the titles, but like you said, it would have been cool to give uh, Best Friends their props. I think they're more fit as the team, but I'm... I'm kind of like, I, I see your point, but I'm also like, I'm not mad at Death Triangle being champions either because I'm, I'm kind of a fan of Death Triangle, especially now that we're probably not going to see House of Black for a very long yeah. time, or at least the House of Black that we know. Um, we have to we talk about see, that, don't we? <laughs> yeah. We might see Brody King and Buddy Matthews as a team, or they might go their separate ways, but we won't see any Malachi Black, so therefore we won't see any House of Black for the time being. Um, So... Other than that, you know, I guess I'm cool with Death Triangle being the champions. Um, yeah, I'm okay with it. I wouldn't be opposed to, you know, maybe Best Friends in Orange taking the titles off of Death Triangle because clearly they've had bad blood for, again, a while. So who better to uh, have them take the titles off of than their rivals? So I'd be okay with it because, like you said, House of Black's not winning the titles anytime soon because, yeah, that's... um. God, that makes me sad. It makes me sad all over again. Sucks. Yeah, it does suck. But what can you do? Uh, Moving on, we have Tony Storm taking on Penelope Ford. Tony Storm wins this one with one of the worst DDTs I've ever seen. What say you? What did you you think of the match? It wasn't... (sighs) It wasn't, it wasn't bad. bad. No, it wasn't bad. I think Penelope Ford, this is probably one of her better showings. Yeah, I'd say so. But it was a shame that we had to watch most of it in picture in picture. Ah, yes. I am. Clearly, they still haven't learned their lesson because I I guess I never really pay attention to it with the men because it's always just so glaringly obvious with the women where you can literally start a stopwatch as soon as picture in picture is over and they come back to the live broadcast within two minutes that match is over every time. 
and yeah. I don't understand it. It makes no sense. And I just hate it because even if you have picture in picture, most fans or maybe a good portion of them aren't going to be paying attention anyway. They're going to be, you know, going to the bathroom, getting like a drink, getting food, something just not on their phone, whatever. So why are you having most of these kind of matches going on in there when you could easily just do like a little bit of like storytelling in the picture in picture, but then actually get into the wrestling when it comes back from commercial break. Mm. I don't know why they can't seem to do that. They just always seem to, okay, we're back from commercial. We got to rush to the finish because we have more important things to do, I guess, but it's just, it's annoying. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think the picture in picture for me, it's a, just a signal to kind of take my eyes off the screen and get a break from what I'm watching. Um, so I could see why, you know, some people would take offense to the women's matches always getting the glaringly obvious picture in picture breaks. Yeah. And, and the match itself, like you said, wasn't bad. It was just, okay, this wasn't like the statement, I'm the champion now win because right. it's just, and that's a shame because Tony is a pretty popular wrestler in the division. It's just like, okay. It it literally was like it would have had the same result if she didn't have the title, which is not good. Yeah, I can see where you're where you're coming from there. Makes a lot of sense. It's just like give yeah. her something more. Yeah, definitely. I see what you mean there. Um, moving on, we had Warlow squash Tony Nese in less than a minute. Then we have our first match in the tournament to crown a new AEW World Champion. Brian Danielson versus Hangman Page. This was a very physical match. I enjoyed this match very much. Danielson wins with an O'Connor roll. Uh, again, this was a, a great match. Danielson never really has any bad matches on AEW. I guess when you give him the no. ball and say, do what you do, it, it can never really go wrong. What'd you think of the match? Yeah, I thought it was really, really good. It wasn't, I don't think it was on the level of their previous, you know, wrestling matches because mm -hmm. some of those were some of the best matches AEW's had. But the crowd was still into it. I was still into it. It was still good because they just have such good chemistry with each other. And it was just uh, it was just a good wrestling match. That's what can you say? It was a good wrestling match. Great wrestling match. A shame the Hangman had to lose. But I feel like they're going to have to use him in a pretty important role now. Especially considering most of your like, you know, uh, EVPs and whatnot aren't going to be around <laughs> for a while. You might want to find something for him to do because i feel like he's kind of earned it um especially yeah. with dealing with all the shit that he's had to deal with lately so yeah hopefully something happens with him down the line um now it sets up danielson and jericho which i mean i, I how sad is it that we have to double like, we have to second guess ourselves now where it's like oh it's easily going to be danielson and moxley in the finals but we're like but what if Jericho's going to be like, no, no, look, we need we need to have like the bad guy and the good guy in the final. Yeah, he's going to politic his way into the main, yeah. main event. Yeah, so I have to win because I'm Jericho and whatever. So it's just like, I would love for Danielson to win, um, and I, but I will be genuinely shocked if he does because I'm just so used to saying that, oh, yeah, this person's supposed to be Jericho and they don't. So, yeah. Yeah. I kind of hope it doesn't go that way. I hope not either because <laughs> goddamn. 
Goddamn indeed. And then in the main event, uh, really, really good match between Wheeler Yuta defending the ROH Pure Championship against Daniel Garcia in Daniel Garcia's hometown of Buffalo, New York. This was a great technical match between two young guns. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, Garcia forces Yuta to tap with his Dragon Tamer submission. Do you have any thoughts on the match? Um, it was pretty good. Uh, I think we all kind of expected Garcia to win because, you know, hometown, whatever. They don't like doing that thing where, hey, the guy has to lose in his hometown every time they come into town. But yeah, the match is still really good because we've seen this before and we knew that Yuta and, and Garcia can just tear the house down and they did. But I think it was more important what happened after the match than what actually happened mm-hmm. in it because obviously... Jericho came out to congratulate him, but him, but Danielson put the belt on him, and Jericho was not amused about that. Um, but you know what? Maybe that makes people more intrigued to see if Garcia gets involved somehow during uh, Jericho and Danielson's match next week. I would love to see Garcia in the Blackpool Combat Club. I think he's a perfect Me fit. Me too. And you know what? We need a woman's. We need a woman's member of it. That'd be kind of cool. Who would you want to see in the Blackpool Combat Club? Jamie Hayter. No question. No question. Because how could you not? (laughs) I mean, of all people, she fits the bill. Yeah, she does. Wow. That'd be pretty cool to see Jamie Hayter in the Blackpool Combat Club. Well, and you know that obviously her and Brett are going to come to blows soon because uh, I'm I'm sure you saw the... uh, little exchange they had backstage after all out it was not nice yeah jamie was clearly pissed off leaving the arena and uh she was having none of Britt baker's apologies no and jamie's not even wrestling with Britt on uh next week because they're doing Uh-oh. yeah because they said it's her and serena deeb against sheeta and uh tony storm which i'm like that's fine. That makes sense because, you know, Jamie obviously wouldn't want to tag with Brit, So, you know, Serena would be the next person to do it. But also, didn't we just basically see this before All Out? We saw this tag yeah. team match already. So it's like, I don't know how different it'll be really with Serena. But uh, who knows? But I do have to bring up the one thing from uh, Dynamite that just killed me was um, when the Acclaim came out and everybody was waiting to hear that rap. Oh uh, yes! Said no, big heel move. Probably the biggest heel move of the year. I I loved it mostly because I just love Swerve because he definitely fits in that cocky, pompous like heel role. Right. And I love that. Um, I saw on Twitter because I follow Keith Lee on Twitter too. He's like, I turned around for a few minutes. I swear to God. So <laughs> I like that they played off a little bit on social media because you just couldn't see Keith as like the heel it just wouldn't it just wouldn't fit but yeah it was it was right to have swerve do that and that sets up the rematch for them at grand slam which i think we know how that one's gonna end you think the acclaim is finally gonna do it well because i feel like if they lose twice in a row um the fans are gonna revolt (laughs) yeah that's true they were gonna revolt when they lost it all out which i was pleasantly surprised yeah i I mean, we both predicted Swerve and uh, Keith to win, mm-hmm. but yeah, I didn't really expect the crowd to be as uh, mad as they were because they were they were pissed. But uh, yeah, I think we know what's going to happen. Unfortunately, I think uh, I think we're going to see some new champs next week. Yes. Yeah, so that uh, concludes our coverage of Dynamite Rampage. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see Rampage this week, but you did. So I'm going to let you take over the coverage for Rampage. Let us know how it went down. 
All right. So the show opened up with uh, Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen. So for their match for the uh, Tournament of Champions. It honestly, I will say, it wasn't um, as over the top as some of their matches have been before. It was a little, mm-hmm. a little more subdued than usual, which is kind of, you know, it's odd considering two of them, of all people, are just willing to do just about anything and jump off of just about anything. Um, but yet again, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this, Anna Jay got involved yet again, mm. and Sammy hit a low blow, and powerbomb Darby onto his own skateboard wheels up to right on the lower back. It was, it was painful. And then uh, hit him with the GTH. And unfortunately, Sammy, uh, Sammy won. Sammy wins, huh? Yeah. And I'm getting really tired of this like interference. Cause I feel like the Jericho appreciation society is just interfering match after match. And like, nobody's doing anything about it. Hmm. And it's just, I, I'd like to get your thoughts on this too, because I, I am just not interested in Anna J anymore. They have, within how long has she been in the Appreciation Society? Within that amount of time, has literally just dumbed her down to nothing. Like there's nothing interesting about her at all. No, I, I kind of was hoping that she would, before she ended up joining the Jericho Appreciation Society, kind of go out on her own. Uh, away from the Dark Order because I felt like she had a lot of stock in her, uh, especially after her matches with Britt Baker and things yeah. like that. There was still some stock left in her, but she went with the Jericho Appreciation Society. And I can't say, maybe because you were probably a bigger fan of hers than I was, but it was just like they went from almost doing nothing with her after she lost with Britt Baker to now just doing this, which is kind of worse. Like yeah. you said, it's kind of a dumbed down version of her when they could be using her for a lot better things. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't like the biggest fan of Anna, but I at least saw the potential she had. And uh-huh. it was just and then the first kind of promo she had with them in the Appreciation Society was just that stupid wailing of how I'll choke you out, I'll choke you out, this, that, the other thing. And I'm like, and immediately I don't care anymore. Yeah. It's, it's kind of unfortunate. Yeah, because unfortunate. she deserves a lot better than that. Yeah, I think especially the women's division could kind of use a bolster, you know. Yeah. Use multiple women, not just the same ones that we've been seeing. Um, It's kind of unfortunate. Yeah, unfortunately. But uh, clearly they haven't learned their lesson yet. But uh, who knows? It's just, yeah, it's just kind of getting old. Um, I feel like anything that Jericho has to do with anymore just is old. Because nothing original. Uh, Yeah, I'm not a big fan of of this current Jericho. I don't see the appeal of it. I really don't. No, me neither. I've, I've not had interest in that in a very, very long time. Um, but, uh, after that, Samoa Joe came out to cut a bit of a promo about how he's been gone for a while, you know, the injury, whatever. Um, and then Mark Sterling came out to, uh, justify why Josh Woods deserves a title shot because, you know, he was the, Ring of Honor pure champion, and he's done this and that, and he's good. And Joe's like, you know what? You're right. Let's just do it right now. And certainly said, okay, no, we didn't say today. We meant <laughs> next week. So as usual, so that's going to be next week on Rampage. So that should be pretty good because those two are definitely going to beat the snot out of each other because they don't hold anything back at all. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Me too. So then came uh, Serena Deeb and Madison Rain. 
which you would think on paper would be a very, very good match because both of them have, Jesus, years upon years upon years of experience in the ring. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't, it was a shame because it was just shorter than I would have liked it to be. Mm. Um, Those two could put on a 20 minute classic, no problem, but it was just, there just wasn't enough. I feel like they could have done so much more if they were given the time. They just didn't. But, uh, yeah, it was just a shame. But Serena D put in her, uh, I think she put in her finisher, I honestly, her submission hold. I honestly couldn't remember because that's just how memorable the match was. But um, she did win. It was just a shame to see that uh, Madison Rain really didn't get a whole lot of offense in because it was one of those where Serena would beat her up and then Madison would try to come back. But then Serena would just like stamp it out. Ah, okay. So it was kind of a shame because uh, it definitely deserved more time, I think. But what do I know? (laughs) And then the main event was for the Ring of Honor World Championship with uh, Claudio Castagnoli going against Dax Harwood of FTR. This one was uh, as technical and as heavy-hitting as you would have expected it to be. It was... um, this is a shame because I think this is where some of the time went that should have been to Serena and Madison rain. They gave it mm-hmm. to them because it was like over 20 minutes long. I think it was around like 25 give or take, but they just, it was a, uh, it was straight up a pro wrestling match. There was no frills, no like, you know, flip uh, flips and twirls and whatever. They were just, there were power bombs. There were power, like slams, suplexes, pile drivers. It was just, uh, Move after move after move that would just wear down any wrestler. But for these two, it was like they just kept coming back for more. And um, eventually, Claudio put him in the sharpshooter and Dax had to tap out. But it was one of those where it didn't make him look weak. It was just, it was one of those where how much more can you take? Like, you're going to stop like, you know, please stop before you hurt yourself. But... It was good. It was really good. I uh, great way to end the show. Um, kind of bummed I missed that one. Oh yeah, I would definitely if it ever shows back up on DVR or whatever on demand. I would I would go watch it because it was a it was a really really good uh, match. And I mean, it was one of those where again you knew Claudio wasn't losing the belt, but mm-hmm. Dax didn't look bad losing. But it's a shame that you see a lot of these singles matches he's in. He does lose, so I hope they don't make a. Uh, a habit out of that but mm-hmm. it was a really good end of the show for sure cool cool so i think that's all of rampage so i think that was a i did my best <laughs> in the recap no you did great you did great i can definitely could depend on you when i when i miss something uh to give me the full recap so thank you um no yeah definitely have to go back and check out that claudio versus dax match because i heard that was pretty good and like you said, it was hard hitting, which is one of my favorite styles of wrestling. So uh-huh. I definitely want to go back and check that out. Yeah, you definitely have to. You will not be disappointed. Awesome. Awesome. So that concludes our recap of AEW side. Like we said this week, not a, not a lot of drama like we expected there to be. Yeah. They, they kind of did a good job of quelling the drama and kind of making it seem like it was a nothing burger. So they... Yeah. The, the easiest thing to do is just not mention it by name and it kind of goes away on its own. So I think that's what they're going to do. They're just going to go on as business as usual. Yeah. Which, you know, sometimes that's just the best thing to do because the more attention you give it, the worse it gets and the more out of control it can get. So yeah, I would have done the same thing. Just deal with it in house. You don't have to 
tell everybody everything and just do your thing and focus on the show and not the drama surrounding it. Yeah. Very well put. Very well put. So now that brings us to our favorite segment of the podcast. It is the mailbag segment where we answer some of your questions. And this week we have a lot of questions just like we do every week. So we're happy to get to it. Happy to answer your questions and see what you guys have to say. Yes. So let us get into it. Um, We're going to start with Jeff's questions. So Jeff, thank you as always for your questions. Who, which match has the best chance to be really good? Bailey versus Bianca or Liv versus Ronda? Bailey versus Bianca for sure. Yeah. I think in terms of chemistry, in terms of wrestling IQ, I think those two are going to deliver a great match. Uh, no offense to Ronda and Liv. I just think Ronda has a hard time developing chemistry with other people. Yeah. Yeah, and it's I think it's still one of those where neither her nor Liv are still like those uh ring general type performers where right. you can depend on one of them if the other's slacking. It's just you kind of have to go off of each other. But yeah, I completely agree. Bailey and Bianca, I am excited for that match because those two are gonna have chemistry off the charts. And for sure. People are gonna be excited to see Bailey in a singles title match again because it's been a very long time since we saw it. Yes, yes, for sure. Uh, kind of going off of the other question, what are Liv's chances of retaining against Ronda, but also why, why Ronda again? Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know why Ronda, but being that she had a pretty good showing against Shayna at Clash of the Castle, I think, it, I don't know about her chances of winning, but her they do increase a little bit after that showing because she showed that she does have some competence in the ring when it comes to submission wrestling. She has a couple tricks up her sleeve. So I don't know if she'll end up winning, but she'll definitely look more competent than usual. Yeah, a little more credibility, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Ronda, again, just for the mere fact of you kind of have to still go with the storyline of I got screwed, I never got my rematch, and blah, 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 whatever. So I feel like they kind of had to. You couldn't just... Uh, I feel like that's one of those you can't really sweep under the rug because people were obviously not happy about the ending of that match. And right. you couldn't just be like, oh, that's a shame. Anyway, so here's the new challenger. We're going <laughs> to forget that Ronda even existed. So, yeah. Um, I don't really know about Liv's chances, especially if this match is going to be extreme rules. I feel like it might favor her a little more because true, she has no rules to abide by. She could just break 10 kendo sticks over Ronda's back and win and there'd really be it would be a definitive win um i'm sure there would still be some people though that'd be like well of course you needed weapons to beat somebody like ronda but that's kind of what they have to work with right now yeah i agree i think i think the weapons or any extreme rules sort of stipulation helps live out more than it helps ronda um but again it just uh, to me it's all about the chemistry can they finally develop some sort of chemistry to make this a good enough match yeah, I guess we'll have to see at Extreme Rules because I'm interested just to see, um, like you said, chemistry alone. But we'll we'll tune into Extreme Rules and see what happens. <laughs> uh, rumor has it that WWE is planning on keeping the titles on Roman Reigns until after WrestleMania because they want Reigns versus The Rock and also to establish Roman as the goat of his generation. Is this a good idea? Yes or no? And why? Uh, um. As long as you can keep the bloodline fresh like you are, mm-hmm. I think it's a, I think it's an okay idea. I yeah. think for some reason I've always liked long title reigns. You know, I've always yeah. wanted I've always advocated for long substantial title reigns and I think this is one of those great substantial title reigns of our generation. 
So I'm a big fan of what's happening. I can understand why most fans are starting to sour, but I think it's mainly because we have such a short attention span. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that we can't that we can't understand these long drawn out stories and keeping the title on one person for so long. Uh, but to in my opinion, I think it's a great idea. Um I didn't I don't know about the whole rock situation, mm. but I would love to see it be Cody Rhodes. Yeah. That'd be that'd be a good one too. I I feel like if they're dead set on Roman versus the Rock at WrestleMania, uh, up and coming WrestleMania, because I feel like that one's the one uh, LA, if I remember correctly. Right. So it would make sense to have someone like the Rock in Hollywood wrestle on that stage. That's fine, whatever. And if the goal is to have Roman be the, you know, like the greatest of his generation, which honestly, not really wrong. There's he, he would be up there in the contention. Right. Beating someone like the Rock's a big deal. Even if Brock yes. hasn't wrestled in God knows how long, the star power has still remained with him year for years after. Mm-hmm. So someone who's potentially like the goat of his generation beating someone who definitely was the goat of his generation, then that's, it's a big deal. So yeah, I'd say it's a good idea because you want to establish Roman as the best of this generation. You got to do it that way. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's the best way to go about it. I agree. Uh, all right, so this one I know might get you a little excited. Karen <laughs> Cross versus Gunther when? I think it would top Sheamus versus Gunther. Ooh. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by that. I'm intrigued because of the difference in wrestling styles. Yes, yes. There's a there's a difference in wrestling styles that I think it would be interesting to, to see on display. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone... Like Sheamus, who could take a beating, would be someone like Karrion Cross. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Gunther. I like. I'm always intrigued by Gunther's matches. Yeah. Um, this one, this one would definitely be hard hitting. That's for sure. I would love to see Karrion Cross try to doomsday Saito Gunther. I think he could. If anyone could, it would be him. Um, oh yeah, he definitely could. Yeah, that one I could see easily being hard hitting because I could see Karrion using those like forearm smashes until it like knocks Gunther out or like that running forearm to the back of the head, just you doing that repeatedly until Gunther's just basically dead on the mat. Um, yeah, I, I kind of want to see that now. So um, maybe we'll see that sooner rather than later. Hopefully. Eosky uh, and Asuka, believe it or not, have never had a singles match against each other ever. Really? Yeah. We, him and I were actually talking about that because I wasn't sure about it because we were mentioning it on the podcast last week. And he said, no, even in Japan, they never did because when Io was still in stardom over in Japan, Asuka was already here in WWE, I believe. Wow. Yeah. So, so they've never had a one-on-one match with each other. Never. Never. So oh, that blew my mind. Right. So his question is how soon should WWE book that match? And out of those two, who should win it? Oh, I know. Make us think. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know who should win it. I would be happy with whoever wins it, but that yeah. match should happen now. Yeah, honestly, I my answer would be as soon as possible. Um, yes. And honestly, I feel like storyline-wise, I suppose you'd have to have EO win because it was one of those where I think a lot of more a lot more people know how good Asuka is. I think it's just kind of a, you know, a shame she's had very inconsistent booking on the main roster, but She's basically a living legend, and but in a way, so's Eo. So it's almost like you could flip a coin, actually, and either one of them would win, and everyone would be like, "Okay, yeah, that checks out." 
Have it as a no contest. Have a best to two out of three falls match or best of three series. I would love to see to do that. Do what they're doing in NXT, but with EO and Oscar and see what happens. I'm just mind blown that they never had a match. Tell me about it. I would have thought they did too, but no. Jeff uh, Jeff did the homework. He he went on cage side and uh yeah, no, not a single singles match between those two. Wow, that's crazy. I know. Um so yeah, My they mind need- is blown. Mine too, so they need to book that soon. And like I said, make it a best two out of three series, just because. That'd be awesome. I would I would tune I would pay money for that one. And his last question is should WWE eventually consider sort of a triple tails reunion where they put Asuka and Eo together? Maybe they bring in other Japanese talent to make it a faction. I would love to see that. I would oh, definitely yeah. love to see that. I'm 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 a big fan of factions as long as you do them right. Yeah, I think so. And I feel like if anybody could make a Japanese faction work in WWE, it would be Triple H because he sees the potential there. It's not just, oh, well, they can't speak fluent English, so they can't connect to the fans. It's like that's right. literally not true. Uh, and Triple H knows that. So, yeah, I would I would perfect. I would be perfectly OK with that. Yeah, I'm, that's one thing I'm happy with this new re- regime is that we don't get stupid excuses like that. Like, oh, they don't speak English, so they can't connect with the audience. What a stupid idea that is. Yeah, I hated that. It's just it's such a terrible excuse. And it was his crutch for the longest time with international talent. It was just, oh, well, you know, God forbid if they can't talk, but if they can wrestle, then who cares? They can't talk. It's like, it. it I hated it. It was such a stupid right. excuse and... Wrestling is a universal language. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. Mm. All right. So that was all of Jeff's questions. So now we're going to move on to uh, mom. So mom, thank you as always for your questions. Thank you, mom. How does AEW change the current perception of the company? I think uh, like what we said earlier, when we were recovering dynamite, just kind of going back to your roots making sure nothing is over over complicated, make everything very simple and just easily digestible and just give us good wrestling. Uh, continue to do the whole thing where you don't mention what happened or you don't yeah. mention the parties involved. And I think the perception of AEW can go back to what it was, which was, it was a pretty good product, you know, and it still is a pretty good product. It's yeah. just the, the whole outside drama really uh, kind of took away from the product. You know, and then yeah. not only that, but to have CM Punk just bury half your talent, you know, wasn't yeah. really a, wasn't really a good thing. So, yeah, um, yeah it, it wasn't smart. So I think just kind of just going back to your roots, not overcomplicating things and just having good wrestling product, I think, can help uh, tremendously. That and I'll add on top of that, have Tony take control of the backstage. Like, mm-hmm. If he even gets a sense that something like this is going to happen again, stamp it out before it becomes an actual problem. So we don't have issues like this where this was from months ago and someone still hasn't let it go and no one ever really acknowledged it. And now it's blown up into this. Yeah. He, he has to be a boss. Yeah. Not a friend, a boss or a fan. Exactly. Yeah. Not a friend, a fan, or just a boss. Exactly. Does Liv ever get out of the rinse and repeat match with Rhonda? I'm sure there are other women worthy of a title shot. Rhonda has just had enough already. Well, I can understand that, but kind of like what we were talking about with Jeff's questions, she has the reasoning to getting that rematch because she got screwed at WrestleMania or at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. There's no way of going around it. She got screwed. So I feel like 
I mean, I feel like one way or another, this is how that map, but it's going to end. Like, I don't think she's getting another shot after this, regardless if she wins or not. Um, mm. Yeah, I think, um, I feel like the only way to kind of avoid a repeat of last time is to make it an extreme rules match because then all the rules are out the window. There's no nothing to hide behind. Besides, I, I, besides Shane and possibly getting involved, but there's no like, oh, the ref. I mean, there's still always as a chance of, oh, the ref missed this or whatever, but it's a little, um, little harder to hide behind rules when there aren't any. Right. I like the idea of a potential extreme rules match because it'll cover up any of the awkwardness between the fact that, again, Ronda has trouble developing in-ring chemistry with her opponents. Yeah. Um, so I feel like the weapons will probably help a little bit, uh, kind of mask that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be big. It'll be big if Liv Morgan could pull out the win. If she could pull out the win, that'll be big for her title reign. Exactly, which I think she, I think she still needs, but I feel like it also wouldn't surprise me if somehow, some way, Ronda wins it. Whether Shayna helps her win it and then stabs her in the back, or again they form a team for a while and then stabs her in the back, or or I don't know, Shayna maybe like costs Ronda the match. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Something might happen, but either way, it. I I think the extreme rules is the only way to go about a rematch, so we don't have another repeat of a uh, SummerSlam. I agree. And a very important question. Why is Dan Housen not more prominent on the roster? I kind of feel bad for Dan Housen because I feel like they look at him like a comedy act. Yeah, and he's not. It's like Orange. It's so weird how similar him and Orange Cassidy are. Mm-hmm. And yet Orange is getting these big like matches and Dan's just like there. Right. Yeah, I don't. I hate it because we've said it how many times on this show you go onto YouTube and watch Dan wrestle. He actually can wrestle and wrestle pretty well. Mm -hmm. So it can't be one of those things where, yeah, you can be silly, but then when the bell rings, you can still kind of be a little silly, but you can still wrestle. So it's not like he's hiding behind the character to mask the fact that he can't wrestle. He can do both. So I agree. I your guess is as good as mine. I don't know what they're doing with him. It's just, uh, it's a shame because it's like you enjoy the things he does out of the ring, like the shenanigans, but at the same time, it's almost like, can you put him in the ring for a little bit and not have two minute long matches where he loses automatically? Like, please. I would love to see him, him and orange Cassidy go against each other. Exactly. Oh my God. That the, whatever building they'd be in would implode. (laughs) You think so? I think so. And I would hope it'd be in Pittsburgh, but that's just me being (laughs) biased. Um, yeah, no, we, we agree. We need to see more Dan Housen. For sure. So that is all of mom's questions. Um, All right. Before we get to our last questions, I want to just acknowledge Mike's uh, comment that he made. He, uh, he definitely said we had more than enough to talk about regarding AEW because of the drama. And we did, we did have a little, um, we had some more developments, I think from the uh, backstage and what happened and what supposedly did or didn't happen and who, you know, some of the neutral non-parties are that are getting investigated or interviewed or whatever. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we won't have to talk about it much longer, but I feel like this is just one of those that even if they don't acknowledge it, this is going to linger around for a while in the fandom. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. This is the biggest thing to happen in the wrestling fandom in a long time. Yeah, so Mike's not wrong. I feel like we're still going to have to talk about this for a while, but maybe not because AEW made us, just because <laughs> we might have to just acknowledge it within some reasoning. But uh, yes, we, right. we, we do agree it's going to be crazy for quite a while. I agree. 
Uh, all right. So we're going to get to our last few questions that are from Jack. So Jack, thank you for your questions as always. Thank you, Jack. Should Seth Rollins be the person to take a belt off of Roman Reigns? Oh, that would be an intriguing storyline. I wouldn't be mad at it. No, I think, I think uh, Rollins is getting into that category where like, even if you despise him because he's a heel, you kind of have to respect his game. Yep. Because yeah. he's so good at what he does. And he he makes everything very intriguing. Like, I mean, all it took was him to say a couple words to Riddle mm-hmm. and attack his family. And that was it. That was one of the biggest storylines to come out of uh, and get ready for Clash of the Castle. And basically sold Clash of the, Clash at the Castle. Yeah. You know? So I think he just... He's just one of those wrestlers that are that's firing on all cylinders, that he's getting everything right. His promos, his in-ring work, his look, his presentation, it's just hitting on all cylinders. Yeah, I completely agree. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Do I think it's actually going to happen? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either, but it would be, it'd be nice to get that storyline out of it if they need some bodies to feed to Roman. Yeah, and my God, if uh, Seth wants to get personal, I feel like he has plenty of ammunition to use against Roman. I mean, look at their feud last time. He went full shield on him. Talk about mind mm-hmm. games. I would love to see that cranked up to like 11. That'd be pretty cool. I, w- I would agree. I would like to see it. Um, will he win the title off him? I don't think so, but it would be cool to see. Uh, <laughs> why does Braun Strowman always kill the tag division? <laughs> Because they have to feed him multiple bodies. He needs multiple bodies. So I think it kind of makes sense to have him go in there when there's like at least four people in there where he could destroy all four and look dominant. It's going to get stale really quickly. So they have to figure out something else to do. Yeah, because, yeah, it gets gets very boring after a while. It's like, okay, you can run people over. Congratulations. Like, by default, yeah, you can because the guy is seven feet tall, basically. So... Of course he's going to do that. I don't know why they have to continuously prove that he can, because I feel like anybody with a pair of eyes knows that he can. Yeah, so I want to see what brings him back, you know? Yeah, exactly. What what brings him back into the fold? Who is he targeting? Exactly. I mean, could it be Roman? Maybe. Um, That would be pretty impressive for Roman to beat Strowman, just on size difference alone. And we all know their history. Yes, they have a they have a very colorful history. So I I think they might be heading in that direction at some point. But I definitely I think he's one of those where I also couldn't see Strowman beating Reigns. Um, no, I don't think so. But it would be interesting to see either way. Uh, should AEW explain why Stokely isn't with the baddies anymore? I don't think it makes a difference. I don't think people really cared at this point. I feel like, you know what, I'm not surprised that they didn't acknowledge it because for the five millionth time, and I would love for someone to correct me if I'm wrong because then I will say it on air that I was wrong, but I really don't remember them ever acknowledging the fact that Anna Jay left the Dark Order. It was just, okay, she's gone now. Yeah, okay, she's gone now. Anyways, moving on. Like, I feel like that just kind of reeks of, yeah, we don't really care too much, so you can just kind of deal with it. Um, that's what I think of it, but yeah, I feel like sometimes they just flat out refuse to explain why things happened the way they did, which is a little annoying. Yeah, I can see why that would be annoying. But yeah, I feel like they're never going to acknowledge it, I don't think, because he's off doing his own thing with whatever his his 10 millionth faction of AEW is going to be now, so it 
He's got all those people to worry about. Yeah, he has more to worry about than the baddies. Uh, maybe they realize he they didn't need Stokely. Maybe. But still, at least acknowledge the fact that he's not with them anymore. But clearly that's not going to happen, so oh well. Um, And finally, when do we think MJF should ask for his title match? Also, does the chip work like a money in the bank now? So see, I wasn't the only one that was confused. Because <laughs> you and I no, talked I, about this on All Out when it was right. happening. Right. Um, I think the chip uh, just works as like a number one contendership. It's not one of those things where you can kind of cash it in whenever you want to. Um, it It's weird because in the promo, the way MJF described it was I can get a title match anytime I want. Right. He can get a title match, but he can't like run in after a title, you know, has been defended on that same night and get a title match like right afterwards, basically. You know I mean, what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Like you can't run in and during a match, you know, whenever Moxley or whoever wins the title is wrestling and defending the title, he can't just run in and go, I want my match right now. It's not like the money in the bank where you could do that. He mm-hmm. could, he just has the right to, to a match whenever he decides to. I feel like, have, I feel like it'll be kind of like all out where, whoever wins the title will win it. And then he'll just come out and kind of be like, okay, you're next now. And I want my title match. And I feel like that might be it. Well, I mean, it'd be, it definitely would be intriguing that way. Yeah. Cause I mean, it, it would be kind of silly to do it now though, because we'd be like, okay, great. You literally just did this at all out when punk won the title. You just showed up and said, okay, I'm coming after the title. And then obviously mm-hmm. everything went to hell after that. So <laughs> I don't think they should do that again because it would just be a repeat of what we've already seen. Um, so yeah, I feel like I feel like it'll just be one of those where he'll state the intention of I want my title match, but it might, like you said, it's not going to be like Money in the Bank where Moxley's limping on one leg and or somebody and he comes running in and hits them and wins the title. I think it'll just be a kind of a I'm stating my intentions kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That might be it, because I I don't think they ever really established the chip as a Money in the Bank briefcase, at least not with the last few people that have won it. Right. And I don't think they would... I think it would be very silly for them to change that now, just Mm -hmm. because it's MJF. So, yeah, I think they're going to just keep it as... I have a match when I want it, and then I just have to state that I want it, and then eventually it'll happen. Yeah, I think that's the way it's going to go. Yeah, I agree. So, I believe that is all of our questions for tonight. All right. We got through all those questions. We did. We got all of them. All good questions as always. Always. Yeah. That's the good thing about uh, the people that listen to our little show here is that when they want to send in questions, they always send us really good questions that makes us think. Yeah. And it's just, again, there's never a bad question. And I always just look forward to the variety of questions because we might get stuff that most fans probably wouldn't even acknowledge like Jack's question about the baddies and Stokely. Mm-hmm. Nobody was really paying attention to that, but he was, and he felt the need to ask us about it. And it's like, you know what? Yeah, that's a, that is a really good question because why are they not doing so-and-so? So yeah, it, I love the question. It's always my favorite uh, thing to check the notifications on my phone when we send the tweet out and we see all the different types of questions we get. It's always like we always say, it's always our favorite part of the show. And that's just not, us you know pandering it's the actual truth very true very true um well uh 
this was a great episode. I had a, a lot of fun recording this one, getting through the recaps and getting through the questions. Whenever you guys want to send in your questions, all you got to do is hit us up on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle. That is at Ringside Rundown. Again, at Ringside Rundown on Twitter and Instagram. And like Shay said, uh, every week before we do an episode, like the day before, we drop the tweet where we ask you guys to send in some questions, comments, complaints, rants, opinions about anything wrestling, and we'll answer them here on the show. We get a lot of our usual rat pack of friends that like to send in the questions. Yeah. You're always more than welcome to send in your own, and we'll gladly accept you into our little group, our little circle, our little inner circle. Yeah, oh God, the, better, <laughs> the better version of the inner circle. Better version of the inner circle for sure. Um but yeah, so send in those questions again at Ringside Rundown on Twitter and Instagram if you have a question, comment, opinion on anything wrestling. Uh, and just to let you guys know where you can find this show, this show is available all across the board on the internet. It's available on Stitcher, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts. Basically, wherever you listen to your podcast, all you got to do is search Ringside Rundown, and then you can hit the subscribe button from there. If you can't find it, just hit us up on social media at those links that I provided for you, and one of us will give you a link to the show on a silver platter. Literally, on Hand a silver delivered. platter. Hand delivered. We will come to your house and listen to the episode with you. Yeah, I don't exactly. know about that. That <laughs> Not for the fact of going to someone's house, but the fact of I don't want to listen to myself over a recording. <laughs> yeah. No. Maybe not. Maybe not. But still, we will deliver the link to you so that way you can listen to it and give us your thoughts on the episode and what you think about wrestling. So definitely don't be afraid to find it on the internet. But if you can't, hit us up and one of us will deliver a link to you. Yes. Exactly. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me personally on Twitter, you can find me on Twitter at Wrestling Cron. That's Wrestling C-H-R-O-N. I also... Twitch stream throughout the week. Uh, so you can check me out on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash Eric the Ghost. Shay, where can they get in touch with you? You can find me mainly on Twitter at Shaylene Hickson21. Uh, I also have a Twitch, uh, Shay underscore Hickson21. Uh, trying to work on it a little bit. Um, my Twitch anniversary is actually coming up at the beginning of October. So I'm hoping the stars align and maybe I'll be able to get my uh, friends together to play some dead by daylight like the good old days nice. so nice. Uh, keep an eye out on twitter for that one we'll see what happens definitely for sure so check her out check me out check us out at the ringside rundown uh that concludes this week's episode so we'll be back again next week with another episode recapping what goes on in wrestling so make sure you get those questions in guys yes do it do all it right so for shay hickson my name is eric vasquez and we shall see you next week See you later, guys.